welcome to the second episode of Article 1. Today we have a little bit of a focus in on Dixie with the state races just a little over a week away. We have an interview with Vice President Bo, who has said that he is not going to be seeking re-election within the Dixie Assembly. And we also have an, uh, an interview with Assemblyman Randy, who is seeking re-election. And we discuss a little bit about their uh, outlooks for the upcoming races and what they, we can expect to see from the Libertarian Party in the state races. Thank you for tuning in to Article 1. Assemblyman Randy, thank you for coming to Article 1. Hello there. So, um, I did see on Twitter fairly recently that you were going to be running for uh, re-election in the Assembly, and I just wanted to reach out to you, get a little bit of information about that, some of, uh, you know, how you've been feeling since being elected to Congress, and a little bit about how you feel regarding the Sandoval administration and how they've been doing so far. But uh, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, how do you feel since being uh, elected representative? How do you feel about being a rep in Congress? Um, well, you know, being able to serve with, you know, people I've, uh, I've gone to know well. Um, I get to see some of my fellow colleagues in Dixie. I get to see Jeb a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Malcolm, I get to see Wonder and all them. Um, uh, it's obviously a lot different. Um, there's a lot more to it. Um, yes, it can be legislatively complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any big bills in the works that you're going to be submitting to Congress? I mean, as speaker, I do. I I, I have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have four actually. Four um, bills. Okay. Yes, one of them which is complete the so two i promised on my campaign um one of those will be coming soon um second one is not yet done almost done i will be getting those two bills out like i promised okay you can you give me any hints i mean i am i'm a little curious but if you can't if you're if you're waiting for you'll find out soon okay fair enough fair enough uh, how did you feel when I announced that I was appointing you as Speaker Pro Tempore? Um, I mean, a few different things. Uh, didn't hear about it on the time it happened. Um, I was told about it and I was like, oh, yeah, oh. You were shocked. Um, yeah, you know, because you never expect the, not only the, not minority party, but the minority of the minority. Mm-hmm. Um to have some person in that be um, pointed. Yeah. Right, yeah. Appreciate it. Well, I felt like it was only fair to um, make sure that all ideologies in the house were being heard in some way or another. So do you expect to, uh, to be presiding at any point? Do you think that I'll pass the gavel off to you specifically? Um... I mean, you pass it off to um, our colleague Martin mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. so I assume that could pa- happen. Well, I, I think that you're well prepped for if that does happen. Either way, um, how do you feel your time in the Dixie Assembly has gone? How, how 
are you proud of the legislative work you guys have put through in Dixie? Are you especially proud of any of your legislation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. I've not missed a vote, um, including proxy work. <clears throat> I've The bills I've passed, I've co-sponsored more than not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a great place to be. Yeah, the the I think the assembly in Dixie so far has been very congenial. Uh, you guys seem to work well together. I don't see very many vicious debates or anything in Dixie, which is surprising seeing as, you know, the minorities' bills are, are rarely being obstructed other than uh, a handful of them. So it's good to see such uh, activity in the assembly. But um, re in regards, though, to uh, Cong going back to Congress a little bit, how do you feel the relationship between the Sandov Sandoval administration and, and Congress has been recently? Like, since you've been in the House, do you feel that um, the president is especially uh, patient with Congress, or do you think that there's some holdup? I mean, we've I've noticed that he hasn't yet signed the federal uh, reenactment or the uh, reauthorization bill from Representative excuse me, Senator Jeb, do you feel like that's on purpose or just the, the president's very busy? No. Um, evident by his um, recent transmissions of nominations, he's nominated any cabinet, sub-cabinet members within this month already. Mm -hmm. um, justices, congratulating justices. He's got an ongoing case in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't blame him for I'm sure he would pass it since it got support so much. Mm, that's true. That's true. Uh, you do mention the recent uh, District of Columbia indictment. Do, do you want to give a statement to our listeners regarding that indictment? Um, uh, I, d I don't feel it was the right thing to do. Um, I've seen Attorney General Sissedman, um, his statement, um, I'd leave it up to him. It's more of his job and his department to handle that. I see. All right. um, yeah. That's totally reasonable, and I would agree. Do you think that the House will move forward towards impeachment or the anything like that? I mean, there there hasn't been much discussion on the left regarding impeachment, but are, is that something the libertarians are expecting the left majority in the House to move forward on? I, I don't think so. I don't think it'd be a smart move for any side to move forward with removing someone from office or convicting anyone. That's fair. Um, so then I wanted to ask you, uh, in the upcoming election for the Dixie Assembly, uh, what are some of the goals you're work working towards campaigning on in uh, your re-election? Um, so continuing down my religious... Um, I guess you can say streak of bills I plan um, after the religious transparency fund mm -hmm. act. Um, can I plan to continue down a road similar to that? Because um, mm -hmm. you know it's something I believe in. So okay, so more of um, uh, maybe I guess taking away personhood of churches in the way that they've kind of created around Used, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and then I wanted to ask you about some of the uh, known contenders that we've seen announced for the Dixie Assembly races. Um, I know that 
Senator Jeb has said that he's going to be seeking re-election in the Dixie Assembly, and um, I believe I believe Senator Malcolm is seeking re-election. I'm not. Yes. Yeah. So, um, do you know if uh, Representative Soren, Assemblyman Soren, has mentioned that? I I can't remember if he has or not. I do. I I've talked to him privately about it. Okay. Um, he plans on coming back. So how do you? He, he wants to run as uh, Speaker of oh, the state. So. Okay. Well, all right. Um, how do you feel about uh, those contenders in Dixie? We'll start with um, Soren. How do you feel about Soren's uh, chances in the Dixie Assembly re-election? Um, I mean, unbelievably strong candidates. Everyone mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of sad that he left our party, but you know he's still a friend, so right. I yeah. I'll vote for him. Right, fair, um, and then. For Malcolm and Jeb, do you think that there's anyone um, specifically off the top of your off the top of your head that in the Libertarian Party that might be able to beat them, or, or any ideas of, of who might challenge them as an independent? Um, definitely not Jeb. Jeb's the unbelievable candidate. Um, great senator. Mm -hmm. If you've seen his bills, I imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and in the Assembly, I mean, great. Bills. Mm -hmm. Don't think he has any chance of losing. Yeah, very strong. I again, I might be a little bit biased towards Jeb specifically. Uh, well, Jeb and Malcolm both, but um, Jeb, as far as his legislation goes, I, I have you know we vet them um, before they go on to the the Senate floor, and they his bills are high quality. So I would agree with you. Very strong candidate. Um, do you have any predictions of who might run for? Let's. Uh, for Jefferson um, Parliament or the Northern House, House of Delegates, do you have any idea? Um, Left or right candidates? We, I mean, we all know, we all know, um, my fellow party member, CG, wanted to um, look into his candidacy for governor. Um, mm -hmm. I could see Governor Sis running again. Mm -hmm. um, could see multiple members of current parliament running again um mm -hmm. possibly not valerie um actually she's slowly moved out of that kind of stuff um i think zach newcomer zach mm -hmm. might run again yeah um, the, he was just recently elected in the special right yeah, yeah. uh he kind of made waves also in recently on the parliament floor even yeah, Senator yeah. Valerie was, uh, and, and uh, Parliament member Valerie was against his impeachment and censure uh, opinions. Yeah, so, so, so was I from the beginning. The second I saw him, I immediately um, voiced my disagreements against that. That's fair, yeah. I, I think that it was uh, strange more so that because it, it was... Let me rephrase. It was just kind of nowhere. It was, my... and very, very shortly after being elected, too, which I think is shocking and not something he campaigned on. So I'd be surprised if his constituents were expecting that from him. Um, but either way, uh, do you do you have any idea who maybe for the uh, the North who who might be running um, uh, left or right? I think we could probably expect that. Um, Governor Debt is going to be uh, seeking re-election there, but um, it, you... the seats in the 
in or the House delegates. delegates yeah. I mean, they're some of the strongest members in the House. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at Viper. You can look at um, Ted himself for governor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an insane group of people. Yeah, I think there are some very strong candidates uh, everywhere. So I wonder then, do you... Do you see the libertarians moving towards trying to make a stronghold in Puerto Rico or trying to maintain a stronghold in either Jefferson or Dixie? Because we've we've seen over the last few cycles that the North is um, solidly SDP territory. And then um, as a member of the GLP, I've been noticing that the Jefferson GLP stronghold, maybe not in the state legislature as much, but in the House specifically, um, Jefferson's gaining a stronghold or excuse me, the Je- uh, GLP is gaining a stronghold in Jefferson. Do you have any idea if the Libertarian Party's intending to move out towards Puerto Rico more? Specifically in PR, you know, for the past few races, uh, John Moss has been running for um, strong elections. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, he's lost all of them. I would hope he wants to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm confident that with it being... So if he ran against um, the person he lost to, you know, Rika, mm-hmm. um, I think he'd have a better chance because it'd be surrounded by other races and Rika wouldn't be able to get the number of support mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. So I would hope um, he comes back. But we ha- I, I would hope Ian is a major candidate there. Mm-hmm. Um, Possibly leaning towards a Puerto Rico stronghold or um, maintaining you know, the footing that you've had in Dixie for a while now. I, I yeah, think, that, I think that's our first priority to yeah. maintain the one thing we can, we know we can hold. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and then since, you know, we recently saw the announcement from uh, President Sandoval um, before the uh, District of Columbia indictment, but we did see him announce that he's not going to be seeking a second term as president. Um, who do you think the left presidential contender is going to be? Like, any um, ideas? There's a lot of them. Um, obviously, the there's some big ones that are governors that are going back for governorship, so mm-hmm. some of them are taken out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have much of a thought on that. I haven't. I know, I know that some people on the right might be running. Mm-hmm. I've known about the Sandoval thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we. I've been hoping for us to win it back, but never know. It's true. Yeah, there's uh, things have been shifting left over the past few months. At least, I mean, it's it's clear that there's been uh, you know struggle back and forth over certain seats. <coughs> oh, so we've seen the Libertarian Party be able to maintain uh, some state legislature strongholds and i think they'll be seeking to maintain those i think it's logical to assume but um will definitely be i will be interested specifically come uh march when we see who the left contender ends up being against uh what what i can only assume is going to be one of the notable names within the libertarian party um it would be kind of shocking for you know libertarians to put a nobody up against a strong left name because it's expected that the left will run someone strong but either way um do you have any other uh things you want to say to our listeners before i let you go 
Any announcements you want to make? Well, comments? No, with the upcoming election, they'll know everything during debate. I have everything for that. Oh, well, some secrets that we're waiting to, to see then. I'll be paying uh, close attention to Dixie, even if it's just to see Malcolm and Jeb win. <laughs> but, well, good luck in um, your re-election for seeking re-election, uh, Representative Randy, and thank you so much for coming on to Article 1. Oh, have a good one. And in other news this week, we did see that the Office of the District of Columbia Attorney General put forward an indictment of President Sandoval and issued a warrant for his arrest. President Sandoval was indicted under false impersonation of a D.C. officer and unwarranted use of a firearm, with the Office of the Attorney General saying that they were going to move forward with attempting to arrest the president. When this came forward, there was a little bit of confusion between the District of Columbia Attorney General and the AG, and the public was confused on whether or not the District of Columbia Attorney General had the ability to arrest or send the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia to arrest the sitting president um, with the AG uh, sysadmin coming out and saying that the potential imprisonment of the executive runs afoul of the Constitution and runs counter to the constitutionally prescribed mechanisms of removal or temporary relief those being impeachment uh, and the t- and the 25th Amendment. Systemen also said, under our constitutional framework as outlined in Article 1, Section 3, only Congress, by the formal process of impeachment and not a court or any process, should be accorded the power to interrupt the presidency uh, or oust an incumbent that the utilization of the 25th Amendment, which gives the way for Congress to seek recourse uh, and adjudicate questions, is the better course of action rather than arresting the sitting president. The District of Columbia Attorney General came forward and said that they were going to attempt to arrest the president. They were going to continue moving forward on the arrest warrant with the Secret Service then following up and saying that they were not going to allow the uh, D.C. police to arrest the president. So um, at the end of the day, the Office of the District of Columbia Attorney General said that to avoid a violent conflict between the executive agencies that deal with law enforcement, they directed the uh, Metro PD of District of Columbia to not push for the arrest. The indictment does stand valid under the provisions established by the CDC uh, 23301, with the next step being arraignment before a court of law. We have yet to see much public outcry over the the indictment. However, this was a new charge, even though the uh, event in question that the charge is surrounding was publicly known at the time of Sandoval's election. And we did see that Chief Justice Thanos, who was on our very first episode of Article 1, was confirmed to Chief Justice through the Senate uh, nearly unanimously with only one nay vote and has recently sworn in and taken the oath and and taken the place of Chief Justice with the Jefferson Supreme Court Judge Jack Macklin uh, undergoing a Senate hearing to be confirmed to Judge of the Superior Court of D.C. with seemingly mixed results based on the Senate debate. 
it's unclear whether or not Jack Macklin will be confirmed. We also have the confirmation hearing for Puerto Rico Supreme Court Judge Lanes uh, to be confirmed to Chief Justice of the D.C. Court of Appeals. That confirmation hearing for Lanes uh, will be happening later this month. And now on to our interview with Vice President Bo. Vice President Bo, thank you for joining us with Article 1. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a great, it's an honor to be here. Yes. Uh, so I just wanted to, I saw your tweet the other day about um, how you're planning on stepping down from the assembly and wanted to kind of check in with you on your campaign plans. Um, but first, before we get into that, how's, uh, how's it been being, being a vice president? I've thoroughly enjoyed my time in the vice presidency alongside President Sandoval. He's someone who I consider a close friend, so it's been it's been great to collaborate with him. Um, you know, moving moving into the term, we d- we did have our agenda, which we have had maybe a, a few bumps in the road. Of course, especially with with foreign policy, when we first got in, we had um, an international community. Um, which really was questioning the United States place in the world for so long. The United States was a major player with foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And for the past three years, we have had some, I would say, disastrous foreign policy decisions, which have moved us farther away from our allies and more more isolationist. I don't I wouldn't say that we were fully isolationist yet, but we were we were certainly getting there. Mm-hmm. And for the first half of the term, and even still now, of course, our, our big focus, I would say, was starting to work with our allies and, and other nations, which, is, which has been an experience for, for me and for others. And I've thoroughly um, enjoyed collaborating with, with the president on things like that and moving forward, implementing our agenda specifically with things like health care and, and family reform and, and things like that. Yeah, so you would say that like family reform and um, your healthcare goals, those are some of the things mm-hmm. that you're most proud of during this administration. Yeah, so far, and um, there are certainly more to come. I know we have um, a little under um, a little under a month and three weeks left or so, um, which um, and there are certain there are certainly more coming. We have not um, we have not um spearheaded a legislative agenda like other administrations have in the past um but of course as the um the need for us to um more executive action with things like foreign policy that of course got pushed to the side but i that will certainly be changing in the coming in the coming weeks as we as we wrap up here right right so you you're uh you've got a stronger legislative agenda that's going to be coming forward uh is that going to be made yeah. public or um i don't know if and a specific outline will remain pu- uh, will will become public um soon i can talk to the president about that i'm sure um that'll be more than reasonable i know that his his main thing is his he brought it up in his state of the union and it was a big part of his campaign was his package for family reform with things like adoption and stuff. And I think right. that we'll see that we'll, we will 100% see that by the end of it. Okay, great. So during this administration, how have you felt about the actions of Congress? And especially now that um, it seems the Senate has flipped uh, less of a, of a direct 
libertarian uh, stronghold uh, where you were breaking some of the more controversial vote ties. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel legislation is going to be moving forward through Congress? Is, so, know, of, yeah, um, of course, for the first for the first half of the term, for the first two months, we were a libertarian White House, a 50-50 Senate, and an overwhelmingly left-wing House, which, of course, does make it hard for either 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 political faction, the left or the right, to um, pursue their their agenda, their bold their bold ideas head on. Of course, we did see a lot of small smaller um, items passed from the from the left and the right. Um, I think that we will see um, for for the rest of for the rest of this half of the term. I think we will maybe see things move. Um, smoother as of course the left does have control of both chambers of congress and um so i still think that there may be there will certainly need to be compromise and things like that with the president sandoval of course being a libertarian and the Mm -hmm. libertarian caucus in the senate being still being a powerful force and we've Mm -hmm. seen that happen with with bills um like the TANF Reform Act, the TANF Reform Act, um, with an amendment made to to ensure that there was no deficit, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And I and I think we that we will still continue to see that that moving forward to ensure that that both that we're working that we can that each each side, the left and the right, is pursuing their pursuing their goals, even if it's smaller things, and making sure it gets done. Um, right. Getting that get done no matter what. Yeah, and speaking just real quickly on that the TANF uh, bill, do you feel that now it seems like we've reached kind of the end of what we could allot to avoid deficit from the uh, carbon tax reform, or excuse me, um, the carbon reverse carbon tax fund? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like there's going to be an uptick in deficit spending now that that kind of piggy bank has uh, been fully allocated out? Or do you think that there's going to be other programs that might end up being um, addressed and some of their overfunding? Um, I certainly think that when these, um, when these congressional reports regarding um departmental spending is released i think that we will see that some things are being overfunded and um thankfully we do have that that safeguard now with those reports to see to make sure that we're not we're not just throwing money at the department of agriculture or whatever and they're not spending it all right. so we can look um to the future and see okay we can shift whatever a, a billion dollars from this department and move it mm-hmm. to these to these other programs right um and i think that'll be a really a beneficial tool and regarding the future of deficit spending i really think that it will depend on the outcome of the next federal election whoever becomes a president if it's a if it's a left president and an overwhelmingly left congress again then yes i do think that we will see more of a return to deficit spending for better or for worse if it's a divided government again then of course then there will have to be there will have to be compromise mm-hmm. um and we do see people like like senator valerie put her foot down and say Absolutely not. There's no way that we are the the bulk of the pandemic response is over. We don't need the we don't need the deficit spending anymore. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. there is quite a lot of public debt to to consider and and how we can possibly start uh, paying that down, uh, especially mm-hmm. since we know that 
or at least some of us on the left know that the debt ceiling has not been uh, addressed in the in the recent mm-hmm. years. So I, mm-hmm. I do think that that might be something to consider. But moving moving out of the uh, administrative executive side of out of this, because uh, I don't want to bore you too much talking about <laughs> all that policy when I'm sure you get questions on this all the time. Um, <laughs> But I did see that you announced your resignation from, or at least your intent yeah, not to run. Not, run. not running again. Yeah. Um, so what are your goals then, do you think, for the upcoming election? Can you share that with me? So I can 100% guarantee right now that I will not be on any ballots in the upcoming state election. I will not run for anything. Okay. And it is, and it is nice. Um, this will be... Um, I did not run for anything last time, of course, either, but I was the chairman of the Libertarian Party supporting our candidates there. This will be the first time since I have, have become politically involved in which I'm not the chairman of the Libertarian Party and I'm not running for something, um, which is a sigh of relief to take a break. Of course, now, since 2018, where we're having these elections elections every month, it, it does get tiring. So, Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then from there, moving forward, um, I am, of course, considering what options are there for for my future after after this month. Um, and there will be there will be a statement about that in the coming weeks. Okay, so your your plans are still in the works, and your your mm-hmm. campaign team will be putting out a statement. Uh, yeah. Okay, that sounds great. Um, now. It, whether or not your campaign manager is willing to let you tell me, I am curious. Um, do you plan on on running for president, or will you be VP again in um, March? I can, I cannot say at this time. Um, okay. What I will be doing in March. Is there any kind of exploratory committee that you're looking at? Kind of like what's. Uh, I've mainly I've mainly been talking. It, nothing, no official exploratory committee as we've seen in the past. But I have been talking with friends and advisors to see the optics of potential campaigns and and goals for my political future. Nothing official, but there there has been discussion. Absolutely. Right, right. Now, you mentioned optics and. Um, I do think that some of our listeners are curious. Uh, how how do you feel about the the recent indictment that came out from the the district attorney general or the uh, excuse me district of Columbia attorney general? Um, how do you feel about that indictment? Well, I do think that it is it is fairly strange that all these I will of course innocent until proven guilty these accusations of crimes being committed. Um, are just coming out now months after the fact it's a bit strange but um better late than never i suppose um i am of the opinion that the president cannot be indicted or prosecuted while in office and um that is that was the opinion of the the department of justice which was released yesterday mm-hmm. um of course some people some people will disagree and that's okay but um i think it's interesting and i will i would just leave it up to up to the judicial system, the courts moving forward once, if that process only begins once President Sandoval is out of office in March. Right. And uh, if, let's just say worst case scenario, um, if the president uh, is 
whether it be the the charges are dropped by the the AG and the House decides to move for impeachment and removal, or or the president resigns, um, or the Senate moves for removal, excuse me, and then you know that happens, or or let's say the president resigns. Um, would you, as ascending to president, would you choose to uh, pardon the President Sandoval, or would you consider that at that time? Do you have plans for that? Have you guys discussed that? Um, I I do think that I'm of the opinion that impeachment for this would maybe be a little too a little too far, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I guess to each to each their own. Especially considering that this was an issue that was brought up during during the campaign, um, and it did not seem to to boggle that many voters' minds. Maybe that wasn't the right word, but either way, um, I do believe that if if that were to happen, if if the president were to resign or get impeached or removed, that I would be able to fill the duties of the of the office. I'm not sure about um, um, uh, pardon. pardon. I'm not. Yeah. That would depend. That would depend on on if it happens or not. I wouldn't. I I can't make that that decision. Right. That, that, Without that all the facts of the yeah, yeah. Exactly. There, certain things might come out mm-hmm. if the mm-hmm. house, house did move mm-hmm. for impeachment, the trials, all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Which of course that action would not be un- would not be unprecedented. Of course, of course. Richard Nixon was. Right. Uh, but yeah, it all it all depends on on the facts and, and the time. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And the um, just personally, I do think that the possible indictment and all of the all of that whatever ends up being the actions from the oag or uh uh, from the district of columbia oag or um or even if the house did decide to move for impeachment hearings um i think uh, i absolutely agree with you that until all facts of the case are decided that we shouldn't be making any kind of hard line Mm -hmm. decisions about Mm -hmm. this absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so either which way, um, now I wanted to ask your opinion about, uh, some of the known contenders in mm-hmm. Dixie, especially since that's where, uh, you know, you've resided and, and where you've legislated from for as long as you have. So, um, I know some of the contenders we've seen announce on, uh, Twitter would be like current senator and uh, Dixie Assemblyman Jeb, and I believe that Randy W. also um, was mm-hmm. someone who announced uh, um, p- their plans to run. How do you feel about, sp- for, we'll, we'll start with one of your party members, um, how do you feel about Representative and Assemblyman Randy? Is Are you feel strong about his chances to be reelected? Of course, we, we just saw him. We just saw him win his house election, which, of course, if my if my memory is right, is a different different constituency. But yes. he's passed he's passed some some good bills in the assembly. He's a strong a strong electoral electoral figure in the state. More of a more of a newcomer in the state. And I yeah, I believe that he will he will go on to win reelection unless unless he's faced with a a pretty tough count a pretty tough challenge, which I don't vision but of course anything can change once we once we start to see who the candidates are right yeah absolutely um and i know that the fa the fec very recently they changed their their standards for elections so it might mm-hmm. be a little bit more interesting this time around a little bit more spicy mm-hmm. as the kids yeah say. Um, <laughs> so then um about jeb how do you feel about jeb's mm-hmm. chances to be reelected to the yeah he will he will he will go on and 
yeah. fairly easily if I had to to make a prediction. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm I may be a little bit biased towards Jim <laughs> specifically, but um, I I do see him as an incredibly strong contender. Um, mm-hmm. I do you have any idea who you know or, or or who you expect that will be running for say governor or who you maybe any fresh faces you expect to see on the the campaign trail for governor? Um, governor? Well, I don't know if he confirmed it or yet confirmed it yet or not, but I have to imagine that drunk will will run for re-election i'm not i haven't no one of course now that i'm not as involved with leadership i don't know of our of our official list um for for these races um but i think it'll be interesting to see who if anyone at all will challenge will challenge drunk um he of course he's strong he's popular within the state i can't i don't know the last time he's lost an election within dixie mm-hmm. um of course the past few governor elections have been more leaning to the right. Of course, the last one was extremely close. Um, right. However, yeah, he. I think he'll will. Drunk will go on to win re-election unless he's faced um, an extremely difficult race. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I also can't. Um, even with some of his more um, challenging Senate races, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I remember correctly, it was Miguel that went against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even even then, um, who I, I see Miguel as a strong contender. Kind of sad to see him dropping out of politics. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've worked with him a lot. He, him, and I. Um, people might not believe this, but him and I won our first elections at the same time back in I think August of last year. Oh wow. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Um, and then, do you have? Any predictions for who you think might run for the Northern House of Delegates or, say, the Jefferson Parliament, uh, Puerto Rico Assembly? Any predictions on those? Um, I think that um, the state legislatures across the board this this term have been a little lackluster with the the passage of landmark bills and things. We have we haven't seen as much as much action there, which of course can be at the fault of the like these stronghold parties in each each respective state so i I wouldn't be surprised at all if a bunch of seats started to shake up a little bit as to maybe some incumbents incumbents getting unseated um right but you know tradition i think we'll see social democrats be strong in the north uh maybe libertarians um stronger in dixie of course with the left putting up a good fight that the glp specifically and of course the glp and some libertarians in jefferson um Traditionally, I would say the UL in Puerto Rico, but that, of course, not right. anymore. Yes. Actually, um, uh, I, I hadn't planned on asking you about this, but now that you mention it, um, how do you feel about this new possible party that's being formed, this workers' party? And, and I think that we did see that tweet from someone who knew to public life, and I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen them again since. Um, but yeah. That that tweet from BP regarding the members list to the workers' mm-hmm. party had. I mean, we have obviously haven't seen any type of party platform or party constitution. Mm-hmm. Them, but uh, how are you feeling about that new third um, party? To me, it just looks like. Um, I don't want to say it's a new. I don't want to say it's a new United Left, but based on the based on the membership list there, that does look like what it's shaping to be. Um, and I'm not really surprised that we're getting another. Of course, we don't know a platform, but based on the name and the, and the membership, it's going to be a far left, a socialist party, right. basically. Yeah. Um, that 
they're filling this vacuum of the of the socialist party the the the, the far left area which we've seen um basically we had the PSLPA and the UL and and before the the radical labor party the communist party mm-hmm. they're filling this power vacuum of this this political ideology which has grown a lot in the past 3 years which before we was never really a prevalent thing in the United States right. um yeah we haven't so seen... yeah i'm not i'm not surprised that it i'm not surprised that it popped up so soon yeah i would say other than maybe say um senator senator noodleborn who um, didn't really put forward a lot of legislation and then um, mm-hmm. Senator Ricca who with their labor bill put you know, I would say that was a strong piece of legislation but that which didn't even reach debate in the Senate mm-hmm. um, and then other than Senator Trash I I mean former Senator disgraced former what? Senator Trash I should say yeah. I mean at this yeah. point I mean sorry not to, to highlight his reputation but um yeah other than former senator trash uh i don't think that there's any notable names um Mm -hmm. and i don't i can't think of any strong legislation the the united left was always basically a party that formed around trash Mm -hmm. and it basically it felt like it stayed that way even when he had departed from the party and Mm -hmm. went went a little crazy um if that's if that's the right term it always felt like a sort of a cult around him um of course that may not be true i don't know what i didn't know what goes on inside their their headquarters but that that's what it did feel like um i think public perception was that it was mm -hmm. it was it was trash it was trash's party he he found it he was i would say he was the chairman of it for a majority of its existence probably yeah um so yeah I agree. I would agree that that was definitely the public perception regarding the UL. And there were some strong representatives. I know that, uh, you know, former Representative Jess and mm-hmm. um, Moon Guy, uh, we have, you know, some former UL members in the GLP um, mm-hmm. who, who left after the Polk debacle where mm-hmm. Polk was elected to leadership. And, mm-hmm. um, I know, mm-hmm. and I would I would say that that was the was the big downfall for them, and yeah, absolutely. especially that whole election where the the older the Communist Party people had had begun a brief stint back in politics, and then they all left again, except for except for one or two. Um, yeah, which I would say that that was truly the domino that led to the United Left's collapse. I, I would agree. I think that mm-hmm. especially considering in the in the last federal election, they had a majority of the Dixie congressional delegation. They had um, senator from Puerto Rico um, and and things like that. And there was once a point where they had a one party state in Puerto Rico. And now they hold no seats or, at yep. their time of collapse. And for a while they held they held no seats at all. Right. Um, which certainly helped the the mismanagement that we saw there from the United Left administration. Right. Um, yeah. So even if even if this new Workers Party uh, is to form and and have similar goals um, with the the people involved currently, if if at least that are rumored to be involved currently, if we don't see a major shift in leadership and in the mm-hmm. way that they are addressing these policy goals and, and agenda, mm-hmm. um, I would say that. It would be. It's going to be continue to be hard for them to to gain a yeah. a stronghold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, before I let you go, um, who do you think the left presidential contender is going to be? Do you have any ideas, any hypotheses on, on who that might be? Well, I think the left has a lot of a lot of a lot of people who they could put up who would be strong strong contenders more so than the than the libertarian party i think governor ted debt would be be would be a strong candidate sort of in the same vein as as garland mm-hmm. um i think you yourself would make not a oh, not a terrible you. candidate um senator epsilon of course um but i don't think he has any interest of course that that could change um um, I would say that those would be the three most likely people who the left could put up. Uh, well, I could say I could say time. publicly I will say this now, and if I change my mind, um, ask my ask my aides if I've lost my mind. But I, I have <laughs> no plans on a presidential yeah. run anytime soon. I I very much enjoy the house, um, yeah. though I I don't think. Uh, I'll be running again for speaker. I think it'll be time for me to pass the gavel off and yeah. and allow that um, the next mm-hmm. generation of speakers to come forward. But I've uh, I definitely enjoyed my time in the house and, and mm-hmm. been grateful for it. Well, then I would say yeah. I would say that the most likely presidential candidate for the left is governor is Governor Debt, probably teaming up with a with a global labor party member, Senator Epsilon or Senator Jeb. I would. I would say it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see who comes out i mean i know that um left presidential primaries are left coalition presidential primaries are being rumored Mm -hmm. about and uh, i think being planned uh, Mm -hmm. drafted i will say i will say i hope this one i hope this one goes better than the last (laughs) i am part of the uh the board of election deciding Mm -hmm. this this time around Mm -hmm. so uh, the board of left elections, I should say, the left coalition. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on that commission, so it will not be the same debacle as it was last time. Very nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, thank you so much. Do you have any uh, words you want to give to our listeners before? No, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for anyone who who took the time out of their day to to listen to this, and I'm looking forward to seeing the the state of politics after after this election moving into moving into the big one it it's kind of it's interesting how quickly it feels like it's moved since the last presidential election um the world there were already there were already starting to talk about who who might be running next time i know it feels like the world is just constantly moving faster and faster yeah well before i let you go i do just want to say publicly thank you um so much for coming on and um, yeah, of course. If, yeah, if I could give you just one achievement for uh, that I noticed as a public entity and then you know Congress member as well as I think it's mm-hmm. uh, you should be very proud of your COVID response and the way that you've handled. Oh, thank you. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, I I enjoyed I I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. Of course, um, um, I would say that President Cabin still had done, of course, the majority of the the work beforehand, and I was just. I was just getting there at the at the tail end, but I enjoyed collaborating with with all the governors and health officials. And um, when I when I was in that press room on how whenever it was a few weeks ago, and I had played that data zero zero cases, I could not have been prouder of the work of all these administrations and all these people around the nation who had put their put their lives on the line. Right. Um, so yeah, I had. It had been an interesting experience um, spearheading the 
the end of the efforts here federally. Yeah, I'm definitely um, thankful that we've reached now reached uh, what seems like the end of that bell mm-hmm. curve yeah. of, of chaos over the last year mm-hmm. or so. so. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again so much, Vice President. Uh, Of course. Yeah, you have a great night now. Thank you for having me. You too. Article One is a Voice of the People podcast.